Okay, let's go to the Lord in prayer and then we'll, we'll go to the, what the study is today. Father, we thank You for all You are and we thank You for a period of time set aside that we can purposely thank. Thank You for all You are and all You've done for us and allowed us to have and enjoy. And we're so grateful. We're grateful that a long time ago You made provisions for salvation. Nothing we've done, nothing we could do, but it's by Your grace that You saved us. We thank You for family and those that love us and we love. We ask that You draw us close together and as we think about all the things we're thankful for, we ask You to continue to bless us. Now, as we open the book today, we ask that You guide our hearts and lives and thoughts as we look at what Scripture says. And we'll be careful to give you the praise in and for it all. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay. Let's go back to the 17th chapter. I'm going to pick up a little bit where Art, Art left off last week. And uh, <clears throat> if you've got this sheet in front of you, we'll talk about it. Um, in chapter 17... Um, of um, verse 13 but when the Jews of Thessalonica found out the word of God had been proclaimed by Paul at Berea they also came there as well and started agitating and stirring up the crowds but then immediately the brethren sent Paul out as far as the sea Silas and Timothy remained there and those who escorted Paul brought him as far as Athens and received the command for Silas and Timothy to come to him as soon as possible, and they left. While Paul was waiting for them at Athens, his spirit was being provoked within him as he observed all the city full of idols. Art talked about that last week. We're going to say a little bit more in a, in a minute. <clears throat> We have biblical history and we have secular history. And we've been talking about biblical history all through Isaiah. We've talked about biblical history. In Acts, we're talking about the history of the New Testament. But at this particular time, when we talk about Athens, we also insert something that happened a long time ago in secular history. So let me orient you with this sheet. <clears throat> Up at the top, those are, are years. B.C., starting from the left, 700, 600, 500, 400, 300, 200, 100 B.C. down to zero, or we start going the other way, and it's A.D. So <clears throat> when we look at what we studied in Isaiah, it was from... 670 to 698 when, when Isaiah wrote. So he's actually off the chart here. I started it at 700, but he's actually off the chart. And then we have Isaiah. He prophesied uh, 629 to 588. We have Daniel. Now, we're going we're gonna to see Daniel next, next time we, we meet. Um, you, it was over overwhelmingly 
um, Daniel when we sent out the survey. So, when we leave Acts, I don't know when that'll be, <laughs> but when we leave Acts, we're going to go to Daniel. So, this is kind of pertinent for what we have here. <clears throat> Daniel. Okay. Then we have a secular fellow, Cyrus. Now we talked about him in Isaiah. Cyrus. You know, the Lord allowed him to tell Ezra, go back to Jerusalem. I'll send you provisions and authority to go back to Jerusalem and rebuild the temple. And then Daniel was, was part of the time when Cyrus was there. Then we have Darius the first, 522 to 486. And that's the time that Ezra and Daniel were there. But the Greeks defeated the Persians. We had the Medes and the Persians during Daniel's lifetime there. But around 490, the Greeks defeated the Persians. That's on, the, that's on a secular history sta stage, but it, it flows into where we are. <clears throat> I can't pronounce this guy. Uh, there's two different names, Artaxerxes. That's the other one, but the one in the middle there. He, he was the time where Esther and, and um, her uncle, and her, his name just left me. Oh, Mordecai. Mordecai, thank you. That's, that's when uh, he prophesied. Then Artaxerxes, which was Malachi and Nehemiah, and I put down here Athens rules. Now, <clears throat> I, I need to tell you, Athens was a city-state. I mean, this is really <clears throat> before the Greek Empire, Greek Empire was there. Athens was very much in the forefront. Um, this was a period of economic growth, cultural flourish, formerly known as the Golden Age of Athens. Um, the period, period began at 478. I've got 490. Let me say this right quick. I intended to say this up front. When we talk about dates and biblical dates, you know, <clears throat> uh, they're subjective. And where I gathered this stuff together, I mean, I might be off 100 years, but y'all forgive me, okay? <laughs> now, this is, this is uh, these dates are, are a little bit sub subjective. So, there was a lot going on in Athens. And they built this Acropolis there and this uh, uh, big rock that Art talked about last week where they had all the statues to the gods and to the unknown god. All that was done back at this age, about 490, uh, BC in, in, or 450 in that in that uh, period of time, uh, they actually ruled from 480 to 404. It's that's not on, on your your chart, but I put it on mine. Then we have Malachi ended what we know as the Old Testament around 397, and then as we all know from studying. That we had 400 years that there was no biblical revelation. 
of, um, uh, from the Lord there. But a lot of other things happened. Uh, you see my little arrow at 325, and you look down at the bottom there. The Hellenistic uh, Greek period was from 323 to 1406. So that's when the Greeks were really <clears throat> ruling. But now, remember, Athens had had its golden days before that. And then around 146, Rome at the Battle of Corinth, we're going to be talking about Corinth today, um, Rome defeated uh, the Greeks. And then from then on until what we know as the New Testament, the Romans were in, involved. I put some just little things in here. 80 BC, the Roman Colosseum was built. The Roman Empire begins in earnest about 27 B.C. Now, if you look at A.D., Luke, the Gospel of Luke, was written from 7 B.C. to 33 A.D. That's when Jesus died. I put the cross up there at his, at his death. And then from that Acts, what we know, what we're studying this time... Acts picks up at, at the resurrection and the ascension and goes from there to, to 62 um, A.D. And then where we're talking last week, Paul was at Athens at 53 A.D. Okay, some more facts. Um, in A.D. 70, the temple in Jerusalem was destroyed by the Romans and that, that changed Jewish worship and history completely. There was no more temple sacrifice. The Sanhedrin was, was disassembled. And Jewish, Jewish worship as Moses instituted in the Old Testament was gone. There was no, from that point on, 70 A.D., the Jews have been floundering far as doing exactly what God told them to do. So that 70 A.D. is important. I've got some copies up here if you want to read more about this, the, the temple being destroyed and what happened to the Jews. You, I must not take time in now, but if you want to read it, it it's, it's good reading and, and you need to know it. Then, just as the last thing, we're 100... Uh, A.D. is the time that uh, most scholars say that um, John the Beloved or the last of the apostles uh, died as an old man. Um, a lot of disciples, we've talked about James early on, his, uh, his brother was martyred early. He was the first one that, that left the scene and we've talked about that in Acts. But John, John lived a uh, uh, right old age. He wrote the gospel he wrote John 1, 2, and 3, and he wrote the book of Revelation. So John was the last one. So I, hopefully maybe this will tie it together. And when we looked at Athens last week, there's oodles of history that ca came to this point where, where Paul was confronting all these gods. Now, Art said, as we left last week, he says, what do you think about God? He kind of threw it out there. 
Have you thought about it this week? What do you think about God? Isaiah said, Isaiah said, and he, he said from what the Lord said, he said, I am God and there is no other. He's omnipotent, he's omniscient, he's omnipresent. He is God. He's God. He's, he's our friend, but he's to be feared. He's to be reverenced. He's been to be all. And he's in, in charge of everything. You might have seen on the news today that this clown that's still talking about the world coming to an end is supposed to be a meter or right or something. It hit us and we're all going to be gone. Well, we're still here. And, uh, but that's supposed to happen this weekend. NASA says they don't know nothing about it. And so this clown, there's always somebody that's going to come with those things. The Bible is true. We have proved it time and time and time again. And when we go to, to Daniel, next time when we finish Acts and we go to Daniel, we're going to see that what, what was prophesied by Isaiah came to fruition. What Jeremiah talked about happened just like it happened. If you've been following in our reading, in, uh, uh, reading the Bible through, and you've been following us with, through Jeremiah and Ezekiel, which we just finished, Belt and I did, just finished Ezekiel, there, there's a lot of prophecy that happened. And he gives woes to different people. For instance, the Babylonians. The Babylonian Empire, it's around Iraq and Iran now, it's just a desert. But at one time, it was a flourishing, growing civilization. God says, I'm going to take care of you. But God used them to disperse the Jews, and we'll get to that uh, in, in 70 A.D. But before that, excuse me, I'm, that's in error. He, he, uh, he moved them out, <clears throat> as we'll, we will see when we get to Daniel. But history is proven and it's true. What have we said before? What does God have to say one time and, it, and it's be right? One time. Scripture is true. When we have so much misinformation today, Scripture is true. Now look right quick on Acts 17. And this is what Paul was, was saying last week and what we need to nail down look at verse 29 of, of uh, Acts 17 being then children of God we ought not to think that the divine nature is like gold or silver or stone um, an image formed by the art and thought of man therefore having overlooked the times of ignorance God is now declaring to men that all people everywhere should repent because he has fixed a day in which he will judge the world in righteousness through man whom he has appointed, having finished proof to all men by raising them from the dead. Him, raising him from the dead. Jesus is the only, only way. Okay, so the latter part, uh, verse 34 
or verse 33, Paul went out of their midst. He left Athens. He left Athens. So now we're Acts 18. Okay. Finally got to the Sunday school lesson. <laughs> After these things, he left Athens and went to Corinth. Now, if you've still got your, your, um, your map, um, you, see, you see where Athens is, and it's just a little short little jump across that little peninsula to get to, get to Corinth. Um, so he left Athens and went to Corinth. And while you got your map out, if you look at the Paul's first missionary journey, which is the bigger picture, you see the Black Sea up there, and you see the little bitty strait between there that goes down. Bithynia, uh, that little area of land up there at the top, you see what I'm talking about? This little area of land up there is called Pontus, and we'll see that in the second verse there. Uh, <clears throat> Pontus. So this little area up here was, is Pontus. It doesn't say it, but, but it's, that's Pontus. So, he left Athens and went to Corinth, and he found a Jew named Aquila, a native of Pontus. He was from that particular part of the world having recently come from Italy with his wife Priscilla. Now, some of you folded your, your, your sheet up, and I, and I understand that. But if you look on, on uh, I put it here for me, but it's around um, 40, 40, uh, 45 um, A.D., the Jews were expelled from Rome. That's, that's history. That's secular history. The Jews were expelled from Rome at that time. And Aquila and Priscilla, uh, because of Claudius, had commanded all the Jews to leave Rome, he came to them. Now, <laughs> this is interesting to me. It might be not interesting to anybody else. It's Aquila and Priscilla. Every other time in Scripture, it's Priscilla and Aquila. The lady is named first. Priscilla and Aquila. But in this particular time, it's Aquila and Priscilla. So anyway, they were there at Rome. Uh, now, we don't know, we don't know when Priscilla and Aquila came to faith. It may be that the, that the Lord used uh, Paul to lead them to faith here. It may be that they were believers prior to this point. But nevertheless, they were, they were part of the early church in a big, big way. So let's continue reading here in, in verse... Um, we'll pick up there. Because Claudius had commanded the Jews to leave Rome, he came to them. And because he was of the same trade, he stayed with them, and they were working by trade, excuse me, for they by trade were tent makers. I don't know if you've ever gone somewhere all by yourself, not knowing a blooming soul. 
But this is Paul's situation here. He went, he went to Corinth. He didn't know anybody. Walking around in the marketplace, I don't know how he came up on Priscilla and Aquila, but he did. And he found out they were tent makers. And he was a tent maker. And he needed to make some money. Remember, he had left Silas and Timothy in, in uh, Berea and Thessalonica. And they're supposed to come to him. And they did, as we'll see in just a minute. But they were tent makers. And so they got together somewhere along the line. And as Paul's mode of operation was, verse 4, and he reasoned in the synagogue every Sabbath trying to persuade Jews and Greeks. Okay. Now, but then Silas and Timothy came down from Macedonia. Okay, turn with me to 1 Thessalonians. Turn, turn right in your Bible till you get to 1 Thessalonians. And we're going to look at chapter 3 for just a minute. And then we're going to go back and look at Philippians just a minute. 1 Thessalonians 3. 3. Now this is Paul writing to the Thessalonians but he's recapping or remembering what had happened in the part of Acts that we just read. You, you with me? 1 Corinthians, uh, 1 Thessalonians 3. Therefore, verse 1, when he could endure it no longer, we thought it best to be left behind at Athens alone. And we sent Timothy, our brother, and God's fellow worker in the gospel of Christ to strengthen and encourage you as in your faith so that no one would disturb would be disturbed by these afflictions for you yourselves know that we have been destined for this for indeed when we were with you we kept telling you in advance that we were going to suffer affliction and so it came to pass as you know so P Paul is reiterating or remembering the fact that he left Timothy and Silas, but they came to him in verse 5. He came to him, and then Scripture says, Paul began devoting himself completely to the Word, solemnly testifying to the Jews and that Jesus was the Christ. Now turn with me to Philippians. Turn back to the left if you're still in, in Thessalonians. Philippians chapter 4. Let's look at verse 14. <clears throat> you remember Philippians, the Philippian jailer, he was beaten. Silas and Timothy were, um, Silas and Paul were put in prison. And as Art said, they had this special earthquake that let them loose. So Philippians 4, look at verse 14. Nevertheless, he's talking to the Philippians here. Nevertheless, you have done well to share with me in my affliction. You yourselves know, Philippians, that at the first preaching of the gospel after I left Macedonia, Macedonia is a state, so to speak, 
No church shared with me in the matter of giving and receiving but you alone. For even in Thessalonica you sent a gift more than once to my needs. Not that I seek the gift itself, but I seek for the profit when increases to your account. So most writers say, I'm going back to Acts 18 now, verse, <clears throat> verse 5. But when Paul and Silas came down from Macedonia, Paul began devoting himself completely to the word, solemnly testifying to the Jews that Jesus was Christ. The scholars are saying he had an infusion of cash. The people from, from Philippi sent by Timothy and Silas some money. Said, here, this is for your benefit. And so Paul said, okay, I don't have to necessarily build tents right now. I can devote myself to the word of God. And so that's that's what that's what he did verse 6 but when they resisted and blasphemed he shook out his garment and said to them your blood be on your own heads I'm clean from now on I'm going to the Gentiles now if you keep up with us as we go forward uh, <laughs> Paul goes back to the synagogue what's he saying here in in Corinth I'm going to go to the Gentiles. I'm through with you people in the Jews at the synagogue in Corinth. I'm now going to the Gentiles. Oh, my brother. I'm <laughs> okay, well, I got to stop because I got to stop. <laughs> we'll pick up here next week, but there's a lot going on um, here. Uh, and, and Paul... Paul was fearful, and we'll talk about that more next week. Because, look, the man had been—he had been, he had been uh, in Philippi. He had been beaten and put in jail. Thessalon, Thessalonica—they they ran him out of town. Berea—they ran him out of town. He was—he's human. He was human, and he was fearful. And yet the Lord says. Don't fear. And we need to remember that in our own life. You know, there's all kinds of things that come our way. And yet we need to come back, single focus, that the Lord is in control in every situation. Every situation. Sometimes we can look back and see the Lord moving. But we need to trust Him in the right now. Trust Him in the right now that it's all going to be good. Okay. All right. I thought it was important to go a little secular history and maybe I spent too much time there, but we'll pick up next week in, in this and we'll, we'll keep on going. Just to give you a little what's going on in, down the road, I'm going to teach next Sunday. Uh, Art's going to teach the 3rd. I'm going to teach the 10th. Dan Barry is going to teach the 17th. And the 24th, we won't have Sunday school. We'll have one service here and that'll wind us up and then on the 31st I'll teach again uh, we'll be back from Arkansas then and so we'll teach um, we'll say this more but on the 3rd our class will have Sunday school at 9 o'clock in the choir room okay we'll say that again too
Let's go to the Lord. Father, we thank you for all you are. We thank you for the word that is true. We thank you that biblical history and secular history work hand in glove. And you move and are in everything we do. And Father, we thank you for, for Thanksgiving. We thank you for, for all that you've allowed us to have and enjoy. We thank you for being the God of heaven. And we thank you for family and we ask that you just bless us together. In Jesus' name, amen. If somebody wants to pick the box up, it's up here.